everybody agree with that? Say amen. All right. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Who is he? Who is he? Who is the Holy Spirit? And so uh, we have over the past few weeks uh, sharing with you a study of the Holy Spirit. Now, we said this. There's no way that we're going to be able to cover everything in, in a comprehensive study. There's so many things that we can talk about, but we'll hit as much as we can as the Spirit of God leads and directs us. And we said this and on, last, on last time. You know our text, and that's in your notes as well. But uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 16 through 18. Let's, let's read this together. When I say ready, read, let's read it out loud together. You see it in your notes. Ready, read. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. As we notice here that Jesus is speaking, and when he talks about the Holy Spirit, he always uses a personal pronoun as he, him. The Holy Spirit is not an it. All right? He is a person. So we talked about him being God. Notice here, it says Strong's definition. You see that with me in your notes. He says this, that the Holy Spirit in this way, the third person of the triune God is a Holy Spirit who is co-equal and co-eternal with the Father and the Son. So we shared those things. We said on last week, and we gave you an illustration, and I have the same glove in my hand, that, that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill our lives up. We said this on last week, that the glove is our lives. And because the glove is our life, you understand that there's different areas in our lives representing the different fingers of the glove, and then the Holy Spirit being the hand. And what happens is our lives, without the Holy Spirit, understand if I lay the glove down and we can't use it, nothing's going to happen. But what happens is this, when we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, this is our lives, the Holy Spirit, and we begin to allow him to come in, what happens is he works his way through our lives in different areas, different areas that we may have issues with, different areas that we may have challenges with. And so the first one could be definitely maybe dealing with finances, maybe walking in love, maybe dealing with our marriage and all these wonderful things that the Holy Spirit wants to help us with. Can you say amen to that? And so what happens, you see, as we, as we allow him in the glove being being our lives, we, we have to allow him to come into our lives and filling up every part of our lives like he fills up this glove. This is one part. This is another. I don't know what areas in your lives that you need the Holy Spirit to help you with, but he'll fill it up if we allow him to. But you see, if we take the glove off our lives, we remove the Holy Spirit from our lives, then we are nothing. We have nothing. We can do nothing. And so we need him to fill us up. Say, fill us up. See, so we talked about that on last time. And we talked about last week as well as how the Holy Spirit is involved in the very beginning of time. You see, what happens is simply this, that the Holy Spirit, he did not come on the scene in the New Testament in the book of Acts, listen, on the day of Pentecost. And a lot of people say, wow, because, see, man, that's the Holy Spirit. Because it seems like that he was first introduced, but he was not first introduced on the day of Pentecost. He was, listen, in the very beginning, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
And we talked about how in Genesis chapter 1 that that you see that the world was without form and the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. And so the Holy Spirit has a a place, has a purpose in our lives. We talked about that, being a person and being God. And so as we continue today, our theme is simply this. He is the power of God. That's who the Holy Spirit is. He's the power of God, the person through whom the work of God is directly exercised. Listen to this quote. C.T. Studd said this in your notes, and, and I love it. How little chance the Holy Ghost has nowadays. The churches and missionary societies have so bound him in red tape that they practically ask him to sit in a corner while they do the work themselves. You see, and I'm not talking about churches. I said this last time. I'm not talking about any particular church. All I'm saying as the body of Christ, we have to come together nowadays. What's going to change our cities, what's going to change our marriages, what's going to change our homes, what's going to change our children is we need the Holy Spirit to work in the lives of individuals. And we we have to yield our lives to him. Notice I said to him. And so it's very important that we understand that. Now, keep in mind, because we have not taught on the Holy Spirit, I believe properly people have taught and it's been excess. You can get into one side of the ditch or you can get on the other side of the ditch. But what we want to do is stay in the middle and understand that he is a person, that he is God. And some people have said even the manifestations of the Holy Spirit have been done away with, misunderstanding the scriptures. Because you see, if you take away the manifestation, if you take away the character, if you take away the function, then you're taking away the person. Are you listening to me? And so how can you take away that and say it's done away with, it has ceased, we're talking about manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and then yet still have the Holy Spirit. You can't have it both ways. So in other words, if we said, okay, if that's the case, then, then the Father has ceased. Come on now. Then, then the Son has. Are you listening to me? You see, it doesn't make sense. But because there's a lack of understanding and lack of teaching, and we relegate it to what we understand and what we see and what we heard, there's a display. There's people running around. There's people shouting. We say, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. Wow. No. No. That may be a manifestation. That may be, may be the Holy Spirit touching people's lives. I said maybe. Okay? But all I'm saying is that we don't get rid of the Holy Spirit. We don't have him sit in a corner and say, okay, you know what? We're ready for you now. So come on, you can come on, do not, but we're going to stay in control. That's not, how, that's not how it works. We trust God. We lean upon him, and we allow the Holy Spirit to touch our lives whenever he wants to. We give him place in our lives. And so we see here as we continue in our notes that he is sometimes referred to in many ways, which emphasis like this here, communication. So turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 24. And then you begin to see here as you turn there and, and, and reading about how he communicates, he will talk to us. The Holy Spirit will speak to us. I said he'll speak to you if we allow him to. But if we get too busy and we're doing our own thing, then how, how are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to touch our lives? No, because we're going to be doing our own thing. Well, we don't want to be found doing our own thing. Can you say amen to that? Whatever the Lord wants us to do, we want him to do it in our lives because we're, we're yielding our lives to him. And so he speaks to us. He's spoken to those, and, and as we can see in the Old Testament, and he wants to speak to you and I today. And we find ourselves uh, just leaning and trusting upon the Lord. And what happens, we see here in Ezekiel chapter chapter 3 and verse 24. But we have to go back and look and study to see what's going on here. And we see that dealing, dealing with the man of God, Ezekiel is a watchman. He is watching 
over. It's like a watchman who prays, like someone who, who's, who's standing, you know, guard, and he's praying, and, and, and he's keeping watch over, over the city, over Jerusalem. You see, he's in a position. He's in a position to pray and to keep that which God has spoken unto him to do as a leader, but also as, as one who, who is being led by the Spirit of God. And so we see here that, that uh, people came against him and they talked about him. But we, we look at verse 24, and there's a message from God telling him to stand steady, don't give up, don't quit. Notice I said don't quit. Then notice this in verse 24. Then the Spirit entered me and set me on my feet. That's all about communication. And spoke with me and said to me, go shut yourself in your house. And what it's talking about here is simply this, that notice the Spirit. I'm about to say the Spirit. The Spirit entered me, he's saying, and set me on my feet. And what did he do? He spoke with me. He spoke to him. We're talking about communication, how the Holy Spirit will speak to you today. He spoke to those in the Old Testament. He spoke to Ezekiel. You know, he spoke to him. You know, he spoke to so many people we shared last week on how he empowered them. And I'm saying this week, if we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, he will. Understand this, and let me jump forward. When we go into the New Testament, you understand that he, the Holy Spirit, he has come to lead, to guide. He is our paraclete, and that one, stand, one who has come alongside to help us. But he also will show you things to come. You see, he'll bring things to your remembrance. And this is what the Holy Spirit does in moving forward. And so he'll speak to you if you'll let him. How many have ever gotten to a place in your life where you did something, said something, and you go, oh, Lord, I, I wish I would have listened to you. I got ahead of you. You see, and what happens is the Holy Spirit was trying to talk to us. Sometimes he ministers to different people along different ways. We would say like there's a scratching on the inside. There's something that's saying this is not right. And we were in Bible school, and, uh, and our our we followed Brother Hagin for years, and he would say something like this. It's like, you know, you know when the Holy Spirit is showing you something and teaching you something, or when you're doing something that doesn't seem to be right, it's kind of like washing your feet with your socks on. It just doesn't feel right, you see? And so when that happens, what we should do is say, wait a minute, that's not right. We should what? Make the adjustment. And then what we do, we make the adjustment. But the Holy Spirit, he will speak to you whenever we allow him to. You see, he's a gentleman. Because people will say, well, how come then people are still doing this and doing that? Because he'll never force himself upon you. He'll never override your will. But if we welcome him, because people say, well, how come then he's not prevalent in the churches today? How come he's not, I mean, the Holy Spirit, I mean, he's not moving like, like the Bible talks to him, moving today. Because there's many churches who've stopped allowing the Holy Spirit to move. Now, you know why? Because, well, for several reasons. Because there's, they, whether they got into fear or whether they got into not offending people. You see, I don't read anything about the Holy Spirit where he offends anybody. Come on now, are you listening to me? But what happens is because of miss some, someone who's taught this and taught that. I'm not talking about anybody. I ain't naming no names. But, you know, and, and I, I, so I'm a very friendly guy. I like to think that I am. Okay? I'm a very straightforward guy, too. But I like to think I'm very friendly. And listen, here's what happens. We can be a friendly church. But that doesn't mean we've got to do away with the Bible. Come on, somebody. Amen? So all I'm saying is, is we want God, we want God to be present in everything that we do. We want his hand to be upon everything that we touch. And therefore, we need the Holy Spirit working in our lives today. Not relegating and looking back, oh, look what the Holy Spirit did back then. Look what he did back then in that person's life. No, he wants to touch your life right now, today. Now, I'm not talking a bunch of foolishness. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking a bunch of nonsense. No. 
Because see, let me tell you something, though. But, but we have to have, we need to have that Holy Ghost fire working in our lives. You see, because then it begins to burn up things. You know what a fire does? It purifies. It begins to burn up things that, that basically we don't need that's hanging around us. Amen? And I tell you this, as long as you keep going to church, as long as you keep believing God, no matter where you go and what you do, there'll be enough, enough wet blankets that'll go ahead and try to put the fire out. So don't worry about it. A little Holy Ghost fire will be okay. But it's got to be, listen, according to the Word of God. Not according to man, all right? We're not trying to do our own thing and do that. We have, we're going to get into talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about how they function and how they manifest in the local church. We're going to talk about how God uses them. And I tell you this, it's how the Spirit wills. Everybody say Spirit wills, not man, all right? So he communicates. He communicates. He talks to us. Let's go on. How about conviction? Let's turn to Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. Genesis chapter 6, conviction, that the Holy Spirit will convict us. The Holy Spirit will speak to us if we allow him to. And so as we read here in, in Genesis chapter 6, we pick up in verse 3 especially, but, but there is the wickedness and judgment of man. And then at this particular time, God, after he created man, man began to do his own thing. Man began to say, I'm pretty much like, I, I know better than God. I'm going to do this and do that. And they began to follow them, their, own, their own guidance and got away from trusting God and, and, and flesh and things of that nature. And God began to simply say this. It says, now it came to pass in verse 1. When man began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, all of whom they chose. And then what was happening is that wickedness began to come upon the earth and judgment of man. The Lord said this in verse 3. My spirit, notice, capital S, Spirit, speaking of the Holy Spirit, shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. And when you begin to study this out, that, that actually the lifespan of man was longer than 120 years. But because of the wickedness of man and things that man was doing, their years were shortened because God was grieved at what man was doing and how they were living their lives, not intended the way he created man to live. And so he said, my spirit, spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will not always strive with man. And so there's conviction that takes place. But then I love also when it talks about dealing with strength. Everybody say strength and inspiration. We say it again, strength and inspiration. So that's courage. Everybody say courage. So that's your blank, that God will give you courage. There's times, I tell you, when you're, when you're dealing with issues in life, we need the courage to just stand up and do what's right. We just need the courage to, to speak what the Word of God says. We need the courage that we see something, whether it's on the job, whether it's in the home, come on, somebody, that to just say, Lord, give me the boldness and the courage to fight and to stand for what I believe. And, and conviction, yes, but also the courage. You know, when we go around different places and we hear people talking, and, and man, I tell you, they'll come in on Mondays and they're telling you all about their weekends and they're telling you about how they partied and they're telling you about how they got drunk and all of this stuff and we're just standing around we're like this little old believer just standing around you know and walk away and never say anything about how your weekend was come on never say anything but what we need to learn to do is say Lord give me courage give me the courage to stand up just give me that moment just let me step in and tell them about how good you are come on now somebody 
And that courage, the Lord will give you courage to stand up. We see here in Gideon's life, when you look at Gideon, Gideon was called and, and actually called to be a leader, called to battle. But Gideon felt like, wait a minute, you know, I'm the least among my, my family. I mean, why would you call me? You know, I have nothing. In fact, when the Lord found him, he was hiding behind a wine press scare, you see, because they were coming to get the wheat and f- that they had grown all year long in the harvest time. But he was like, how can, you, how can I make a difference? Well, the Lord said, I'm going to give you courage. And the Lord would give him courage. But notice what happened as we read together here. Have you found uh, Judges chapter 6? Judges chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. God will give you strength and he'll give you inspiration. That's what that courage is all about. And as I'm reading here, it says this in the New King James. Then all the Midianites and Amalekites, the people of the east, gathered together. And they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. And then verse 34, but the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Oh, glory to God. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And it says, then he blew the trumpet and the, the, I'm just going to say that the, the Abyssalites gathered behind them because, you know, when you can pronounce all these names, you're doing better than me. I'm just telling you right now. All right. So we just know what it says. There's all kinds of ites in here. Okay. So all I'm saying, they gathered behind him. In other words, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Do you see that? Do you see how the Spirit of God came upon him? Well, the same way the Spirit of God came upon Gideon's life, he'll come upon yours. And, I, and, and I'm saying this today is because I think a lot of times what we do in our natural strength, we relegate to everything like, okay, I have to do this. I've got this project. I, I, I've got this, you know, in order to be promoted, I have to meet these goals. And, and meditating upon these things, I'm like, you know, when, do we, when was the last time, and maybe you have, but when was the last time that we just said, Lord, I distrust you, Holy Spirit. I ask you to speak to me. I ask you to help me. Give me the guidance. Give me the wisdom. In fact, the word says that you'll bring everything to my remembrance you'll show me things to come i mean we have to learn to rely upon the holy spirit instead of doing everything on our listen with our own strength and with our own wisdom and a lot of times we go and it's almost like you know wow i should have had a v8 after we go through all sometimes it's tests and trials and then we go man if i would have just listened back here well listen it's never too late to come on back though come on never too late to come back and say okay lord i missed it but now i'm listening Okay, help me. And the Lord will turn it around. Everybody say, turn it around. See, so the Lord will work it out. The Lord will work inside. He'll work in your heart. He'll work in your life. He'll turn it around. Let's look at number four. Number four says this, counsel, that we want to receive godly counsel. Everybody say godly counsel or the right kind of counsel. So turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1, the right counsel. God wants to make sure that whatever we're going through in life, that if we'll trust in the Lord, and that just leads to talking about the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us, that we'll receive the right counsel of God. Isaiah chapter 30, and then, of course, we're looking at verse 1. And we see here, this is dealing with confidence, not, you know, not having this confidence. It's futile to have confidence in Egypt. And so as we continue to read here, we're talking about this in verse 1. It says, woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, again, who take counsel, but not of me. And who devises plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin and so we see here in dealing with Egypt and Pharaoh and all that and things that are going on we can make plans on our own we can make our own plans and not receive counsel from God it tells us right here 
But what we want to do, what you want to do, is just like the Lord is saying here today, listen, receive the guidance, receive plans, receive counsel from me. And not, and not trying to make your own plans. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord says that I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. Those thoughts and plans are good and not evil. They give you a hope in a future. And I believe if we'll just learn to tap into the anointing, if we'll just learn to tap into what God says and not trying to take only our own counsel, come on now, listen to me, but getting the wisdom and the counsel of the Holy Spirit that will move forward, I believe we'll get there faster, more efficient, and more blessed if we just trust God, if we learn to trust God. Can you say amen to that? All right. So let's go on. Let's talk about inspiration. The Lord will inspire you. And as we look here in the book of Judges, Judges chapter 13, and we're going to look at 24 and 25, if you'll turn there with me. The book of Judges. And all we're talking is about is how to have the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives if we just yield to him. That's all we have to do is yield to the Lord. Everybody say yield. Judges chapter 13, 24 through 25. And it simply tells us here, dealing with inspiration and and trusting and believing in God, 13, verse 24 and 25. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And we're talking about Samson here. We're talking about inspiration. And we see here, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. Everybody say blessed. And the spirit, notice, and the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at at Mahanan, then between Zorah and Estrel. Notice, the spirit of the Lord did what? Began to move upon him him that's inspire him the spirit of the lord began to move upon you the spirit of the lord began to 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 actually begin to show you things again he'll begin to reveal things to you there could be situations on the job there could be just conflict in your life and if we'll just stop just for a moment and say lord i need your inspiration right now i need your counsel right now he'll inspire you give you the answer and if we just trust him and then it's like going into the office. I've done this several times, being in the military, and just, you know, believing God and trusting the Lord and dealing with projects and having certain things need to be done, and people couldn't figure things out. And I would go back to my room, and I would pray about it and say, Lord, show me. Give me the wisdom and insight and understanding. And after, of course, done what I know to do, studying and reading, preparing and getting guidance and wisdom would come back. And then it's like, does anybody know how this works? Anybody know how this program works? Yes, I do. And if you see, what happens is because I believe, because there, I tell you, this one program that, that no one could figure out. And that's when we were over in Panama and, um, and came in and sat there. They said, here, you do it. You figure it out. Because no one wanted to mess with it. And I said, okay, but see, if I just use my own natural understanding, then it would hinder. Notice I said hinder. But then I asked the Holy Spirit to help me to figure this out. And I began to study it. And, and began, I believe the Spirit of God gave me wisdom. And there were certain steps that we weren't doing. And we begin to, to, to share that with our leadership. And they're like, wow, we didn't know this. We didn't know that. And got the program working. And it was working smoothly. Got all kinds of awards and all that stuff. We're learning just sitting down and understanding, listen, asking the Holy Spirit to help. Are you listening to me? So he can do it. He can fix whatever needs to be fixed in our lives if we just trust him. Everybody say trust him. All right? And then also he is known as symbols. Excuse me. Let's go to, I'm sorry, number six. Let's go ahead number six. Because I was actually getting ahead of myself. We're going to go ahead and and wind this up in just a moment. But number six, dealing with instruction. Everybody say instruction. God will give you instruction. So that leads us right to our next point. We see here in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 20. 
that God will give you instruction and also Psalms 143.10. But we're talking about and focusing upon the Holy Spirit. It says this, you also gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Notice, we're talking about the children of Israel. We're talking about what took place here and looking back. But it says, you also gave your what? Your good spirit to instruct them. God will instruct you. God will lead you. God will guide you. And then it says in Psalms 143.10, we're talking about instruction. Teach me to do your will. Ooh, I like that. For you are my God, your spirit this is what it says, is good. Ooh, I like that. Come on. Your spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. And what, what I'm simply saying is the Holy Spirit will teach you. Here's a quote that I have here by Michael Morrison. He says this, the Holy Spirit is God at work, creating, speaking, transforming us, living within us, and working in us. If we allow the Holy Spirit to do that, can you say amen to that? All we're simply doing is trusting in the Lord. So what I'm going to do right here, we'll pick up right where we are next week, and we'll go ahead and just, just dive right into uh, understanding who the Holy Spirit is, what, what he's doing, how he's working in our lives, because we're not going to rush, take a, a, you know, uh, try to rush through this. We want to take our time in it. But I'm just so excited. I was talking last week, I should I say yesterday, and it's amazing how the Lord will use certain things in your life to minister to certain people. And so here I am, I came back, we came back from, from uh, vacation, I'm sitting there getting my hair cut in the barber shop, and, and then the, the barber who cuts my hair all the time, we're talking. And then he said, hey, pastor, what are you going to be teaching on, on on Sunday? And they began to share with him, say, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about who he is. And he said, I got a question for you. And he said, how would you tell a young man, a young person, who actually came up to you and said, can you describe who the Holy Spirit is? And I said, oh, yes, this is great, wonderful opportunity. Because now here's what happens. You know, you're in the barbershop, and everybody's listening to everybody's conversation. Isn't this wonderful? And I'm sitting in the chair. It's just like being on the platform. Oh, I love it, you know. And so I began to share with him. And he said, well, he said, explain that to me. And I said, well, what we have to understand first is just what you have in your notes. And studying this, we wrote it out. And I just simply said this, that the Holy Spirit in this way, first of all, he is the third person, listen, third person of the Trinity. And he said, also, I said, person. And he said, okay. I said, so he's God, he's person, he's not an it, and understand that. So keep it simple. I said, just keep it simple, that he's God, third person of the Trinity. And I said, and then, and then understand this, is that, that he's come today, and we talked about the dispensation. We got a whole lot of other things, too. I said, those two things will help you. I said, but let me show you, because he was getting Trinity. Okay, okay, explain that to me. And as you're just sitting there, the Spirit of God will give you insight and wisdom. I said, you know what? Let me just give you an example of the Trinity. So he brought him over to Matthew chapter 3, you know, and showed him right in there where it talked about when Jesus was being water baptized, you see. And then he said, okay. So we showed him that, and then it shows here where Jesus is in the water, and John the Baptist is water baptizing him and so we have the son he said okay and then I said now notice that when he came up from the water then we see the heavens open and the spirit came down upon him like a dove now that's the Holy Spirit and I said then there was a voice that came from heaven and it says this is my son you know and who he's well pleased and he said man I got it I got it you know so when I go home I told Betty all about that she said why didn't you invite him to church I said I've been inviting him to come to church <laughs> so, but it's so awesome when we can just it, what happens is when you're, when you're studying something or you're preparing something, how God will 
put you in a position to begin to talk about different things. That you, I mean, I walked in that barbershop that morning, and I didn't know I was going to talk to him about the Holy Spirit. But he had questions in his heart. And his question was simply, how do I explain the Holy Spirit to people? Because in whom, it said, you don't, you don't misunderstand me, Pastor, whom that we don't see. And we begin to talk about a whole lot of other things. But all I want to say to you today is simply this, that he, the Holy Spirit, not it, is real. He's alive and well, and he wants to work in and through our lives. Amen? And he is the third. We say he's God the Father, we have God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the three in one. He's a person. And all we have to do is yield and allow him to work in our lives. And so we shared that with him, and he was, man, he was so excited. And I said, hey, man, I'll go ahead and get you the CDs. He said, man, do that. And so every time we come together, all he wants to do is just talk. He's cutting hair, and we're just talking about the Lord. Isn't that exciting? And that's what it's all about. And so I say to you this morning, as I conclude, that what we want to do is allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and realize who he is and what he wants to do. He does all the saving. He does all the guiding. Come on. He does all the strengthening. All we have to do is yield. Everybody say yield. And so it's time for us as a church to allow the role of the Holy Spirit to be prevalent once again and to give him place, the rightful place in our churches so that we can accomplish what God has called us to do. Now we're going to, listen, we're going to need you to come back and, and as we piece by piece discuss this, we're going to get into, again, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about how in the pro- has Prophet Joel in the Old Testament prophesied about the Holy Spirit coming and how we, how we need to learn how to yield and use the gifts of the Spirit properly. And I believe when we do that, that it begins to open up doors that we haven't seen yet. That God will begin, as we honor him, he'll begin to honor us. Are you listening to me? So let's trust him. Let's believe him together. Will you stand with me on your feet as we, as we pray? And I just want to pray for you and thank God for you coming out this morning and touching your heart and your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we trust you and we thank you. We thank you that you are faithful, that is promised, and that there's none likened unto you in all the earth. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. You've given him unto us. We thank you, Lord God, that he leads, he guides, he strengthens. Father, we thank you again that he brings things back to our remembrance. Teach us, O Lord, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. May we not be found doing our own thing. May we be found doing your thing. And Lord, we know that's what it's going to take to reach these neighborhoods, to reach this city, that we will no longer have a form of godliness, but that, Father God, that we would have the Holy Spirit and holiness and that we would reach out and to the highways and the byways of life. And people will be changed. Use every one of us. We ask you to touch us. Give us the boldness, the courage to step out in faith. Holy Spirit, speak to us. And we give you glory and honor and praise. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.